Good morning, everybody. This is Jack Mancini. I'm here with my long-standing business partner, Adam Sunhalter. And together we do two things. We coach small business owners on how to get better, try like hell to make money through tough times like we're in right now. It's uh, quite challenging, but a lot of fun, and we love it. We've been doing it for 20 years, so we must love it. And uh, we've been together, as I say, 20 years. And that's business coaching with uh, maximum value partners. And we also sponsor, which we're in the midst of doing right now, a, uh, yes, what is that? I keep forgetting that word. Our podcast? That's right. That's what we're doing today. (laughs) We try to get a few laughs. We get it too. (laughs) (laughs) We try to get a few laughs. And uh, typically, it's just Adam and I. But... We've uh, got a string of, of guests coming on board, and we have a lot of fun with them, and they're intelligent people who have been successful. they got a personality, which is tougher to find every day, it seems, and uh, they're just good guys, good guys and, and very smart. And today we have one of them, Mr. Bob Scotcha. Gotten to know Bob very well. He's president of USA Firmware going to leave it up to him to kind of tell us what firmware is because mm-hmm. i know i'd slaughter it so mm-hmm. it uh it's good it's good to have bob here and adam why don't you introduce bob well absolutely and uh welcome everybody to dirty secrets of small business glad to have you here and uh bob is actually a returning guest of ours we had bob on he's actually one of the first guests we had way back in the day when we were live on the radio stool so it was back in january of 2019 we had bob on there now he was only part of the show um, but this time we're giving him a chance to, to really kind of dig into his story a little bit. And so we're excited to have him. He's been a, he's been a client of MVPs for about 10 years. So we've, we've, we've been part of watching the growth of USA firmware from almost its infancy to where, you know, to where it is today. And it's mm-hmm. fun, fun to go along that. So Bob, welcome to the show. Welcome Thank back you. to the show. Uh, glad to have you back here. Um, Thank you very much. What I always find very helpful is is to give a, just a little background, if you wouldn't mind, in terms of kind of where you grew up and and mm-hmm. a little bit of your kind of work history before uh, launching USA Firmware. I think people will find it helpful because sure. you have a great story that you know after about twenty five years in, in your career you decided to launch this. So people right. will ask, is it is it too late to kind of launch my things? So oh yeah, cool. no way, no yeah. way. So give our looking a little at background. maybe launching some other uh, initiatives here down the right? <laughs> yes, of course, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right. Well, thank you, Adam. Thank you, Jack. Always great to see you guys. Um, so I'll give you, I'll try to give you a relatively brief synopsis of the last 60 years. Uh, so I uh, grew up, um, father was an electrical engineer, uh, got his degree as a result of the GI Bill after Korea, um, was the first one in his family to uh, get a, an advanced degree, um, Italian family. Um, and uh, he ended up at Shortly after he graduated from RIT at IBM, and he was a lifer, IBM lifer. He loved IBM, um, and he instilled a lot of pride in engineering in me. Uh, he would bring home work. Um, he'd bring home, if you're old enough and you're kind of involved with the field, you know, they had these de size sheets of paper with all sorts of really cool electronics on them. You're giving, you're giving me yeah. flashbacks to those, like the big, the uh, say more of the accounting books. So those big books, keeping keeping the books like that. Yeah, all, right. all the old yeah. school, big physical physical things. All right. Yeah. Remember those big <laughs> machines, and they would roll out. I don't know if you guys remember that, but they they smelled kind of like out like uh, ammonia. 
and they you know there were blues we called them blues if i remember right back in the day now i'm aging myself that's okay that's all right <laughs> uh, yeah. so anyway he would bring these things home and it were just the complexity was remarkable and it just totally uh um interested me um and so uh i wasn't sure you know i was young i didn't know what i wanted to do for sure but boy that sure looked interesting and then uh um eventually reached uh, the age where i needed to make a decision and i thought you know what i'm going to do this engineering thing um and loved it um got my degree at university of vermont uh, my father at the time worked in um, essex junction vermont and uh they had a pretty good program electrical engineering program at university of vermont so Went through those four years, got a degree, ended up in, um, that was in the 80s, mid-80s. So um, there was quite a lot of defense contracting work at that time during the Reagan administration. So I ended up at Raytheon for a couple of years, um, just, uh, you know, a peon engineer, a baby engineer, working with a whole lot of really senior engineers, got bored, Um, and, uh, put my resume out, ended up here in Cleveland, um, and ended up another military company called Gould Ocean Systems Division, which was bought by Westinghouse. Um, and, uh, in both those cases, I touched firmware a little bit and was, did like it, did enjoy it. Um, didn't really have though much of an opportunity to go too deep, um, because I was a, a new newbie. Um, and then um, I eventually ended up at a company called Picker International, which is a medical device company. Um, and they were bought by Philips Medical Systems after I left, um, which is uh, one of the top three, I think, medical imaging companies in the planet, doing um, uh, design of and managing of x-ray systems, variety of x-ray systems. Um, and then uh, after that, I moved on to, um, did that for about nine years and towards, towards the latter half of that, all I did was firmware, absolutely fell in love with writing firmware. Um, and then uh, took full-time to, uh, position as a firmware, uh, senior firmware engineer at uh, Keithley Instruments. Um, they make very high-end instrumentation used in very high-end applications like semiconductor wafer testing and things of that sort. Um, and I loved it, worked there 13 years, great place to work. Uh, really learned a lot. Towards the end of that period of time, I wanted to move into management. I wanted to, you know, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I'd done firm over quite some time and, and felt that I had some good leadership skills that I could bring to the table. So um, ended up in engineering management. And then we ended, we had uh, the Great Recession um, and they shut down a bunch of departments, including mine. Um, I went back into an individual contributor role um, and decided that I didn't want to stay in that role. I wanted to continue to move into a new direction in my career and move more, more, more towards management. So ended up um, quickly at two different companies, uh, a company called Thermo Fisher Scientific and another company called Codonics, but they neither of them were really a match for what I wanted to do. By then, um, this is good information for I think your your listeners, um, by then, you know, my I, I was in a good financial place, right? By then I was older, I, I had two kids that, um, were off. Um, and I think one had a degree, the other one was pursuing his electrical engineering degree. Um, and so I didn't have kids in the house, um, house was paid off, cars were paid off. And, um, I said to my wife, you know, why don't I just, um, try to start my own company and she supported me. So that's important. <laughs> so really <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah. really important. <laughs> Got to have that, mm-hmm. uh, or you're asking for trouble. Um, so anyway, you know, the idea being, all right, Kind of cleared the deck, 
you know, those things, those responsibilities, those financial and personal responsibilities were really minimized. And were you, were you thinking of that? Were you thinking of that for a while? Or just oh, yeah. that you and you did it? Oh, no, you... I was doing, I was thinking about it for a while. Um, when I was still at Keithley, I hired a um, career coach. And you guys have met him, Clint. Um, and back at that time, uh, you know, I would on, on a monthly, I think, basis go and chat with him about what I wanted to do with my career. So so these kind of thoughts were discussed. Things like starting my own business were discussed. I think at that time, it was a little scary, right? Um, uh, and then, um, you know, when I started thinking about the reason I made the leap from there to, you know what, I think I'm going to do it. So I said to myself, all right, I've been blessed with intelligence. Um, I'm a smart person. Um, I see millions of companies out there. Why can't I do this? Um, and then the even better aspect of that is I think I had the smarts to know I don't, being intelligent doesn't mean that I know things that I have not been exposed to. So I said, all right, well, I think I need some advisors. I know I need some advisors because I don't know how to start my own business. Um, it's not my world. So I hired you two gentlemen, um, probably, I think, month two, um, when I was first starting to go down this road. Um, so I think, uh, and I always tell uh, folks that are thinking about going into business, they've got to have advisors. They've got to have business advisors. And I don't mean your Uncle Joe, who ran a grocery store. I mean, somebody, you know, people who do this for a living, um, you know, that have also the commitment and time to put into your organization to make sure that you can be successful. Um, so that's how I ended up at USA Firmware. Uh, and then, you know, working with you guys, we figured out what was the right business model to pursue. I originally had, I remember Adam, say, Adam saying, well, why don't you make a list uh, <laughs> of things that you're thinking about? And I came back with, I think, 14 was something like that. 14, 18. Yeah, there was yeah, somewhere in there. There were a lot and, of options. Uh, and, and these gentlemen said to me, well, why don't we focus on one? And I say that because, you know, every business model is unique um, and, you know, you will just back to growth. And I think this ties to growth. You know, you can't take on too much. I mean, first of all, it better be something you're comfortable with and familiar with. Um, and second of all, you know, you will spread yourself too thin, especially when you're, you know, it's just you yourself and no one else. Um, you know, you really got to focus in what do you know you can be successful, you feel strongly you can be successful at. Um, and, um, you know, those other things, if you grow, um, eventually you can maybe pursue them. Right. Um, and so, um, we decided collectively that the right thing to do was provide a creative design services business in the realm of firmware. Um, and I can quick, not right now, but I'll, I'll, you know, when you're, when you're ready, I'll talk about what firmware is, but firmware, I will say this much firmware and electronics are kind of tied to tied at the hip. So whenever you're talking about firmware, you're also talking about electronics. And like I said, I have an electrical engineering degree. So, so that's what we did. We decided to start a company that would provide design services to businesses that need it. And they need it for a variety of reasons. Another discussion for maybe another time. But yeah, but. let's 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 unpack that a little bit because yeah, like you said, you had a bunch of ideas. I think that's that's probably very common, Bob. Right, where, where folks yeah. have an idea, or, and, and it's often tied to what you, what you know, right? So you didn't. Mm -hmm. You didn't decide to start a daycare company, even though you had a couple of kids, right? And you could, you know, yeah. maybe it's, but it's, you it, it tied into firmware. So 
a lot of the ideas you had and, and the models you had were related to firmware, right? So, you know, whether it be design services right. is where we went, but you had different ideas about training or, you know, yep. just, or recruiting. There's a lot of different things that were kind of tied that, that spun off of that. And that's, that's pretty typical. Now, as we were trying to decide where to start to focus, one of the things that we, that we looked at, because when, when we met you, like you said, you, you've been doing it for a few months and you had some pretty good success in terms of getting customers already. Right. right. And, and when, when when we met you, you were still the guy doing all the coding. I, I remember you talking about how you love to just put your put your uh, your headphones in and have some good music and just start coding. And that was that mm -hmm. was like your your nirvana at that point in terms of, mm -hmm. kind of what you love, you know, what you love doing. Right. As, as we started looking at, at, at the different variety of things that, that were there, we started to narrow down. Where were you getting the interest in terms of folks who are willing to give you some money? And so that's always that's always the best place to start, because otherwise we, we have lots of ideas. But if we can't find really a market for it. Right. And so, and I think to your point, what happened was the reason why why we connected was you got very overwhelmed very quickly because you were you were you were blessed with a lot of folks who were interested in what you were doing, and you're saying, "Hey, I can't do this." And so, I think you'd already had a contractor or two that you had started to work with already when we had first met you. So again, this all happened pretty quick in terms of yeah. you know getting accounts and saying, "Hey, there's some demand here." And so that's mm -hmm. that's I think one of those biggest fears that so you talk about. You know, hey when you were getting ready to do this, you, you described kind of where you were in terms of being on a good financial footing, which is great because that allows some time in case things take longer right. to get up and going. Okay. Well, you didn't have that problem in terms of like, well, gee, here we are six months in a year in, and we don't have dollar one revenue yet. It's like, no, Hey, almost like immediately we have stuff coming in and it's almost too much for me to do. Okay. So from day right. one, almost Bob, you had right. this accelerated growth, these opportunities that, that were there. And so you had to just jump right in and, you know, talk about that kind of early stage in terms of, yeah. you know, is it, is it, you know, just eight hour days? Like, Hey, I'm, I'm working nine to five or, you know, talk about what the, well, what was it that. like to kind of switch over quickly? Because yeah. now, now also it's your thing. It's not, you know, you're not working for somebody else. You had a chance to work for a lot of right. different companies. Now it's, this is now your thing. So talk about that kind of transition from you learn what you don't know pretty quickly. And, well, and yeah, that can be daunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, what, what did I do? What did I do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, those right. thoughts come when you know. I think your face. Jack broke up a little bit there, but we can keep. I think I get the gist of it, though. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So when I first decided, well, actually, what happened was, I decided, all right, well, I'm going to give this a try. Um, but I'm also going to keep my ear to the ground in terms of, hey, maybe I need to go get a job, right? Now we're out, right? And right. so um, I did actually have my ear to the ground. I did have some interviews while I was also starting to take on, well, no, while I was looking for, for opportunities. Um, and so um, interestingly enough, um, what I said, well, what I did was I started in July of 2011 and I said, I, if I don't have anything by October, then maybe I need to, you know, take a position. Um, but by some, by within uh, the month of September, I ended up with three contracts that all started in October. And so I decided, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go down that road. Um, and in fact, uh, I had one company that looked very interested in hiring me. So I gave him a courtesy call and I said, you know, I'm, I've decided I'm going to do full-time consulting. And he said, uh, um, well, I'm glad you called me because literally right in front of my desk here is a 
a letter that HR put together that I need to sign to offer you a job. A job. So <laughs> <laughs> he said, your timing is good. He eventually became a customer, by the way. Right. Right. Just to give you a sense of things. Um, and the first three customers I had, and I think this helps get it kind of, you know, where do they come from? Right. Um, that's important. So um, the first three, um, one of them was with, let's see, one of them was through my a, a user group I created. And I'll, I can touch on that. Um, one of them was with, um, uh, what was it? An ex-employer or, um, yeah, ex-employer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who had gone on and moved in and, and was working at another place. Uh, and the third one is temporarily escaping me, but um, but let's see so we can talk about those two, they're relevant. Um, so the one, um, you know, I had a, a director of engineering when I when I was a manager at Keithley, and he went to another organization and he knew I had experience in the processes that he had put in place at uh, Keithley and he was working on a similar thing with where he happened to be and he knew I had experience with it so he sought my help wasn't actually firmware it was more helping him structure um, some process changes which tied all you know engineering but in general but not uh, particularly firmware Uh, and then the other one had to do with um, my connections through my user group so um, I'll try to make this quick in 2000 I think it was nine when I was actually working with Clint on career, my career, uh, 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 trying to determine where I want to go with my career. Um, he had a guest speaker um, who talked about LinkedIn. And it was, I guess, I think this person had created the Cleveland um, you know, business group on LinkedIn. And I thought, that's interesting. I never thought of LinkedIn, this is back in the day. I never thought of LinkedIn as something that would be maybe just regional. So I created a group on there called Firmer Engineers in Northeast Ohio. Uh, and I thought, all right, well, that'll be fun. You know, I was still a Keithley and I thought, you know, if you need to connect with my fellow firmer, firmer junkies. And so uh, <laughs> I thought maybe it ended up with like 20 members, you know, something like that. We ended up with 250 members in the Cleveland market. And I thought, holy wow. cow, I did not expect that. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought, all right, well, I got something more than just a bunch of a bunch of pals, you know, that 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 have a similar interest. We have something a little bigger here. And and uh why don't I create a user group? I reached out to IEEE, they sponsored some meetings and we started holding these firmer engineers in Northeast Ohio events where I would get speakers, um, well-known people in our space. Um, and I got great attendance. Um, and as a result, a lot of people knew who I was, right? Um, and in the case of my first position, one of the people who was coming to the meetings was a consultant himself. And so I grabbed dinner or uh, lunch with him, broke bread. We chatted for a while and I said, tell me more about this, you know, um, consulting thing. And I said, can I hire people or can I have other contractors that work? Cause I had no idea. So contract under me. And he said, absolutely. <laughs> and I said, you know, I got 250 people. Do you think that's you know, like most of the firmer engineers, which would represent the amount of need in the region. He said, Bob, you have nowhere near the number of firmer engineers that are in the Cleveland market. So I'm like, holy cow, you know, there's a lot of work here. Um, and so I said, you know, I I, I want to go down this road. And he said, well, you know what? I got too much on my plate. 
I have uh, a colleague, or I'm sorry, a customer who needs help. I can't take it on. I have too much. So I'll hook you up. Um, and that was how I got one of my other um, initial jobs um, was through that group. Um, and that group actually really did help in a lot of ways, especially in the early days, as you guys remember, in um, finding uh, customers. Two things happened. First of all, people knew who I was, which is fine, but you know that doesn't mean you're going to win business. But people trusted me. They liked me. They thought I was providing a good service to the farmer community. Um, and, uh, and at the end of the day, it's all about trust. You know, you got to build trust if you're going to be able to uh, when business, no one's going to take you on if, if they don't feel that they trust you. Um, it's not just about the numbers, right? And not just about uh, <coughs> uh, the, the the black and white. There's a lot of gray and there's a lot of relationship building and things of that sort um, to be able to win business. So so that in a nutshell is how I kind of kick things off. And then we continue to hold our meetings. Um, but I also reached out to my general network. Like I said, my colleague, um, who was my director of engineering, reached out to a variety of other folks that I've worked with over the years. That certainly helped. Um, and that that kind of uh, kicked off, started to kick off some growth. Uh, you might remember, too, we did a little bit of, um, we experimented around a little bit with uh, 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 an agency that would do, um, you know, cold calling. Um, and uh, got my first big contract through that. So, you know, we're not doing it anymore. So, right. I'm, not, so I'm not I'm not advocating it, but it did actually help to some degree. That's um, that's a good that's a good summary in terms of just kind of talking about the the, the launch, Bob. In terms of how, how you got there, and, and really touching on, I think one of the key factors, something that we talk about on this show a lot, but also you know off the air as well, is in terms of the whole concept of no like and trust, which we were right. talking about, and kind of tapping into folks that that you know, and right. that's how you're, you know, that, that was part of how you're figuring out um, what the opportunities were, how big the opportunities were, and also as you're kind of getting started to understand what what it is that you're providing, right? So you say, hey, I'm going to do some consulting stuff. To your point, well, I don't quite know what that is. I have an idea. That's that's where some of those 14 or, you know, the right. ideas came from, but it was, um, you know, you're testing it in the marketplace and you're doing it with folks who already know you. That's an important thing because you can have yeah, different yeah. discussions, yeah, in terms of versus, you know, doing some market research where I'm, where I'm, where I'm searching for stuff online. Okay. That's well, one way to do stuff. But if you have live bodies of people you can talk to and engage and the mm -hmm. folks you have relationships with, the discussions of what happens there, again, and even if you're just kind of going, trying to discover or figure out what it is that you're providing as you're talking to them, what happens is, as you described is, well, they're aware of opportunities or as you're talking to them, they say, Hey, wait, either I have a need for that or, Hey, let me connect you with this person over here. So, it starts to just kind of feed on itself. And so as you kind of get started, that's a, that's a great way to start. That's a way a lot of folks get started mm -hmm. in terms of, hey, somebody's asking you for, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? So that's how you kind of got started. And then, you know, as you started to look for some maybe acceleration of the growth to kind of tap into some some outsiders. And so right. let's talk about that. Because if I recall, this is where, and we don't need to give the name of the company, but it was it was a, it was a very large company, Fortune 1000 mm -hmm. company that, that you landed in. It's often the case. It's a very... Exciting day for a new small business. Hey, we got this big company that's coming in. It's fantastic. You know, what could go wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's right. let's talk about that. Yeah, we definitely won't mention any names. <laughs> no, right, but, but this is kinda... a great lesson. Yeah, this is a great, yeah, great, so great lesson. Give, give people a little background in terms of, okay, here's what it was. You know, it's a very sizable project, but give people a sense of kind of what happened here, uh, because I think it was it, it's key in terms of things that can happen in your first year in business 
that make you think about maybe, hey, maybe that that job thing wasn't such a bad idea. So let's talk about yeah. what happened there, yeah. Bob. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is actually two, and I'm not sure which one you're referring to, but I can touch. I'll touch on one, and then if you we have time and you want to talk about the other one, we can do that as well. Um, and I won't mention names, uh, but uh, it was that kind of a situation um, where I had a, a a company that made consumer products. Um, and, uh, I don't remember how they found me to be honest with you. Maybe it'll come to me in a little bit. Um, but nonetheless, um, they had a need. I showed up at their office. They had this like spreadsheet on the wall of all these different projects that they needed to get done. Um, they didn't have anywhere near enough people to do it. And they said, you know, you do a good job on this one. You know, look, got all these different projects. So I was just all excited. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you really got to be cautious, right? Um, and, and I mean, I know this now. I didn't know this then. You know, for example, I knew very little about how do you build a contract, right? Uh, how do you build an agreement? Um, and uh, how do I how do I know whether I can trust this individual, right? Um, it's, it's a two-way street, right? It's not just that they need to trust me. I got to trust them. And now in retrospect, it was definitely, I mean, now that I've been doing this for 11 years, there were hundreds of yellow flags or red flags all over the place. Um, you know, just things like reading their body language. It was the, the engineering manager and his lead. They were in panic. And <laughs> the first, and so we started doing work, right? And I said, and they said, well, you know what, can we keep the invoices under $5,000? And sometimes, can I use a credit card to pay that bill? Today, I know that's like a huge red flag, right? <laughs> what does that mean? That means that maybe he only has approval for $5,000. He doesn't have to go up the ladder to, to get, you know, approval up the ladder. Um, and so we took on this project. And it turned out that there, so that, without getting too detailed in the technicals, um, think of a product, right? There's different subsystems in a product. You have mechanicals and electronics and software and firmware and all these other pieces. Well, we were just doing the firmware piece. There was electronics, mechanics. We weren't doing that piece. So in the world of engineering, if I take this firmware over here and I want to make it work with the electronics and the and the hardware, or I'm sorry, the mechanics, the hardware mechanics need to work or my stuff won't work. And that's what happened. Their stuff wasn't working and I couldn't get my stuff to work. I, I had a colleague again, an electrical engineer who was very skilled. I had him look at the electronics. He said, this is all wrong. They designed it completely wrong. The reason you can't get the, your firmware to work is because their, their product is flawed. So I went and told them that they said, no, it's your fault. It's all your problem. <laughs> right. Uh, it's not our problem. I sent him, I sent them a, a, a dissertation on all the issues that my engineer uncovered. No, no, not yeah, Yeah, that's a bunch of baloney. Um, and they weren't paying their bill because they're like, well, you know, you, you're not, you're not making good progress. So this is just, you know, getting worse and worse. And I'm building up debt, right? Building up more and more debt. And so eventually I said, I, I can't keep doing this. I got it. And I can't invoice this $5,000 business. So I invoiced them uh, a big number, like a hundred thousand, because that's, it was more than a hundred thousand dollars and the walls caved in. Um, 
I got a call from a, the, an attorney. You know, I got, uh, and I basically was told cease and desist. Um, and it, and by the way, we're going to find something to blame you for. You know how lawyers are. If you try to fight this, it's a big company, <laughs> right? I can't, I, what am I going to do? I'm a, I'm a little guy. I'm a single employee. You know, it's only me. Um, I can't, I, you know, I'm not going to fight these big time lawyers, right? Um, and it turned out at the end of the day um, that he was, he had gone out of the system and he was breaking the rules. He was um, work, he was, um, did not have approval. The problem was that he was so far behind on his project that he actually was taking a chance and pulling in another team without telling his management. Now you send a purchase and an invoice for a hundred thousand dollars, which I didn't know at the time. Again, um, you do that. It's going to go way up the ladder because <laughs> it goes into purchasing and they say, Hmm, I think this goes to the vice president of engineering who now says, what the hell is going on down here, guys, who is this and what are you doing? So the whole thing completely collapsed. I didn't get any money. I, I was in big debt. Luckily, people are uh, that my had some contractors and people were very helpful. Um, you know, people want you to succeed. I think really, that's one one of the upsides of starting a business is that people recognize the risk. I think, and they kind of um, respect that, and they're willing to be, you know, the your your colleagues on your side of the table maybe at least are willing to work with you. You know. Um, and help you uh, work through a hard situation. And of course, I leveraged you guys. You guys were fantastic in helping me, you know, slow down, calm down, and figure out how do I get out of this mess. Um, well, so yeah, so so you had put a bunch of money at risk. To your point, you, you you had some contractors here. You had six figures in in debt, and you're thinking, right. what did I do? This is six months in, and you're you're seriously pondering get, going back and getting a job. Yeah, yeah. I was. And cutting ties, and we we said, okay, look, you know, here's here's a way out. Let's get your point. Let's calm down. Here's an approach, and you started to learn about yourself a little bit. You started learning about people. You know, as as I recall, the way this worked out, you, you had your attorney talk to their attorney, and your attorney happened to know their attorney, which wound up not being a good thing because all of a sudden your attorney yeah, right. more worried about you know your attorney's future his... as opposed to your future, yeah. right? In terms of what's kind of going on. And so, if I recall, they settled for. Was it five grand, Bob, something like that, on a hundred plus thousand dollar bill? They said, "Well, here, here's our offer, and you better take it now, or or you're done," kind of thing, right? It was one well, of those. I mean, there was a t they, I think they took a little bit of money off the table, but I still had a very, very big right. bill, more than five thousand. I mean, it was a huge bill. No, in terms of what they offered to pay you, right? They said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah like right. five grand." <laughs> yeah. Here, here, take five yeah. grand on a, yeah. a hundred plus thousand dollar bill. It's, Wait a what minute, do you think? Right? yeah, right, yeah. It's like, yeah. come on, guys, right? But yeah. your point's like, you, you know. What do I do? Uh, I, I'm barely six months in. You know, you know, this is a big company. They've got, if they want to fight it, they've got you know many more resources. And, and mm -hmm. in terms of where do I focus my time and energy in terms of trying to grow my business? Right. And uh, so <clears throat> you quickly, you know, pivoted and said, okay, yeah, okay, let's take this. Let's move on. Let's learn the lessons that, that, that were there. Some, as we always talk about, some lessons are more painful and more expensive than others. Right. This is certainly right. one of those, but okay. What can we learn from this to be able to kind of make us better going forward? And you continue to move forward with additional folks who are coming in, you know? And, and, and so, but it's, it's a, again, another, I think, common challenge kind of getting started. There's always those doubts in the back of your mind. It's okay. At what point, you know, as you're describing kind of straddling the two between, okay, I'm, I'm keeping my ear to the ground for, for potential job stuff. I'm also looking at stuff for, you know, for, for business, right. you know, right. for us, 
you know, but at some point you had to kind of, and I think that was part of that point where you saying, okay, hey, this is it. I'm staying with it and, and I want to kind of keep going. And so, and if you can survive that, that's part <clears> of things. you start to learn how good you are, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of strength you have, how, how resilient you, you can mm-hmm. be. And, and you often don't know until you get tested like this. And you got tested yeah. pretty quickly, pretty early mm-hmm. on in the business. And, yeah. and, and, and that was part of it. Well, I think it's usually uh, a couple of years. It's usually a couple of year uh, development, you know, to get well, yeah, it, thrown into the water, and mm-hmm. and uh, you don't know how to swim yet. Right, so you get a big hit like that. And that, that usually comes a couple of years into the uh, after you start your business. You yeah, know, you, you start yes. to expand and add a little more confidence, and so you're getting out there more. And as soon as you get out there a lot. You're going to get legal issues. Yeah, it's it's yeah. the way of the world in, yeah. in small business. Yeah, what I you got a lot of scars on your back now. Right. That's a good right. thing. Well, and that is a good thing. I I think um, in retrospect, it accelerated my <laughs> learning substantially. Right, um, because of all right. those issues. Don't know how to work with a contract. Don't know. Don't not thinking about the the the, the telltale signs. You know, more interested in holy cow. Finally, I got a good contract and I can make some money. Um, lots and lots of lessons learned that I had to learn the hard way maybe down the road or just have to learn um by you know working with you guys for years and years to try to try to really get my hands wrapped around it so I think in a in retrospect it was actually um a good thing but I also tell you know I've told people and I'm sure you guys too that you know go in if you're going to start a small business you need the reason you need advisors is this very reason you know Things are going to happen, right? The problems will happen. You will get burned, maybe really badly. And there's a very good chance you'll get burned. Um, But that's okay. As long as you've got a good team behind you to help you work through um, and learn from it versus fail from it. Um, So I think as long as you've got the support system in place, your professional support system to be able to help you figure out how to work through it, expect it you know, plan, on plan on having a couple of scary things happen um, as you're trying to build your business and just make sure that you're, you're well taken care of. And you've got people know how that been there, done that, which now is me. Cause I, right. I got the scars, <laughs> um, been there, done that and know how to work through it, you know, know how to figure out, okay, let's look at your cash flow. Um, let's monitor your 90 day cash flow. Let's figure out where we can move things around. See, you know, make some, some apologetic phone calls and ask if you can, you know, your landlord will delay his rent, um, payment and so on and so forth. Um, and so there are, there are lots and lots of knobs that you can turn and you don't realize that's the other thing you don't realize when you first start. It's just, there's so many knobs you can turn to help you work through these kind of situations. Um, and you really need someone's, you know, someone knows how to do that to help you help you through it well to your, to your credit bob you know, you've stayed you, you've stayed coachable during all this and you know what happened early on is that there's so many things kind of coming at you you, you know mm-hmm. we talk about trying to slow you down you know no, 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 i'm gonna you know i i got it right it wasn't until you yeah you, you get some of these these body blows that happen You're like okay wait a minute right. maybe maybe it does make sense to kind of slow things down a little bit and, and as you right. as you went through that process you know let's kind of talk about this as well as you, as you kind of go during the course of, the, of that first year, this is often what happens with the company starting up is you, you start to now go from having a contractor to now making your first hire, making yeah. your first hire. And then also, you know, you know, getting out of the yeah. house to where you're now getting an office space. It's also mm-hmm. things start to become, you know, start to become real from that standpoint. Okay. Also now right. 
you know, I've got commitments to, 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 you know, to leases, I got commitments to, to employees, all, all this kind of stuff. So talk about maybe some of those, those first uh, big steps in terms of, again, taking that first employee on, you know, signing your first lease for, for your office space and, and just some of those kind of initial growth um, excitement and perhaps. Yeah. Stressors. Yeah. I think um, it's all about, if I reflect back on those days, um, you've got to have a stomach for taking risk um, and and to some degree have a stomach for um, listening to your intuition on things um, and again recognizing that you've got a backup plan right you've got folks that can help you through things if things or and also bounce ideas off because obviously the three of us were working on this when we were working through all right should I hire and it wasn't like, you know, I had all this infrastructure and I had all these, you know, I had a, a controller who could tell me, all right, yeah, it's time to hire. No, I didn't have that. I, it's kind of like, I think it'll work. <laughs> I think it'll work. Um, let's give it a shot. Right. Um, and that's what I mean by taking risks. You got to be willing to take on risk. And again, it's important to have folks that know what you know business and have been down that road. So I, you know, um, I had just this sense, again, intuition sense that things were really going to pick up um, and that it would be continual, enough continual base revenue coming in for me to be able to start hiring. Um, and that, so that's what I did. I went from uh, having a couple of contractors to uh, hiring one of those contractors and then uh, bringing on an old colleague um, who's still with me, um, who... I had great respect for. In fact, I, you know, back to your network, right? I mean, I, I worked with this gentleman um, when I worked at Keithley, and I had such high regard for him. Um, and he was in my my firmware engineers group, um, and I did help him a little bit. He was looking for a new position. I hooked him up with someone. He didn't take the position, but nonetheless, you know, um, we continued to kind of stay in touch, and and uh, somehow or another, um, I. I got him to decide to, you know what, give it a shot. And I think, how, why didn't he make that decision? Well, um, I think one of the things was trust again. You know, um, he trusted me. I trusted him. Uh, he knew he was taking on a risk, um, but he was excited by the idea of working for me. Um, and then also the kind of the the, the variety in my business that, that, you know, in my business, you know, every day a new a new type of need comes in a new product whether it's con for consumers it's for commercial use or it's for industrial use it's always something different and and to some many engineers that's pretty fun you know there's always something new a new market new kind of product or new types of technologies that he's kind of got to get engaged with so so that's kind of how that kicked off the, for the first while um it was more of a just an intuition thing i would say for the first four or five years it was <laughs> really just okay i think we can we can do this and for the most part it worked i mean i think the only time we had um issues was if i had an employee issue you know i mean i i i, I won't i am not an expert in um knowing how to pick good talent right so some cases um i did a i think i did a bang up job i hired some really great guys not always um and in some cases we had to terminate relationships with people <clears throat> that's another one of the hard things about this job right as you and and i've seen small business owners 
not wanting to make that really unpleasant decision to let people go. Um, and then the whole company goes under and no one has a job. So really got to, you know, again, so there's risks. You got to have a stomach for, you know, um, letting go of people. Um, example being, I hired someone I considered a friend who was a, a colleague, um, an engineer. Um, but you don't, you know, you're working at a different level when you're working with them side by side than when you try to manage them. And uh, and it just he was not good guy, but he was not um, designed for the kind of work we do, which is really consulting lots and lots of customer interfaces versus just working with your pals in the engineering department. Didn't work out. I had a lot of go let go of a friend, you know. Um, right. Well, it's tough too. You, you know, as you're doing the, the initial hiring, the initial hiring is usually around the you know the the product or service. You're hiring a lot of engineers, and as you as mm -hmm. you start to get the engineers, and you did a pretty good job of your point identifying those folks and. And uh, I like how you kind of touch on the not only the risk for you, but also the the risk for you know that, that first hire. Right. So all of a sudden, hey, you're the first hire going from a big company to the small right. startup. It's like okay, well, you know, how do you get some over, over that hump? Well, that come back to that whole no like and trust thing again. All no like and trust yeah. every day of the week. Yeah, which is key. And then so, <laughs> yeah, if I again as I recall early on, you know, you know bring out a handful of engineers early on was you know, was was working pretty well, but then you got to the point where you needed some help from the business standpoint, right, in terms of the management oh, yeah. and all sure. the other things, and so. Yeah. Um, I think that's where we had, you know, had some more difficulties in terms of, yeah, I, I remember you bringing in a guy who was a friend of yours, thought hey, this guy had all the answers, he's going to be oh, great. Yeah, right. And within like two months, like, wait, what, what? And you realize that, yeah, okay, yeah, we thought we were pretty good friends. And all of a sudden now I'm going, I got, I didn't know you it's thought this way. Or, right. Yeah. I didn't know you thought this, okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we keep our friendship, but you know, in terms of business, you yeah. Know, we, 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 you yeah. Know, I would you know, not recommend hiring pals. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> You know, just because you like the person, you get along, doesn't mean that they're <clears throat> for your organization or for the right fit for the job that you want to put them in. Um, you know, just say it's in, in retrospect. Again, you know, there's just so many learnings. You learn the hard way um, and you've got to be able to pivot. That's the thing. You've got to be able to pivot through those situations. You got to got to um, recognize that it's OK. This is par for the course. This is all part of the learning process. Um, and. I think the reason why a lot of companies don't make it is because they um, let those things, um, you know, they don't take the right approach. So let's say you hire your pal, right? And he is just causing you all sorts of issues. Well, and I, geez, you know, I'm worried about our friendship. I don't want to, I don't want to, hmm, okay, well, you just keep going down that road. You're not going to, you're not going to survive. So you got to make these really hard decisions. And, and again, I would not hire friends. <laughs> right. Don't hire your pals uh, because it is, thankfully he's a great guy and he understood and we're still good friends, but um, you know, it's, it's not fun. Not fun. Right. Well, uh, and over those first several years, you know, as part of your growth, like you mentioned, you, you had 25 years of, uh, of experience in engineering, but you had you know, very little experience in terms of running a business or, right. or managing folks. So you're kind of learning, learning on the job, so to speak. And right. so that accelerates that growth. Mm -hmm. And as you started to try to find, you know, a key hire you're trying to, you're trying to bring in was somebody to help kind of manage and, and, and handle production, right. handle right. engineers. And uh, we went through over the course of a couple of years, was it, four or five different people. I mean, and, and, but to your credit, we talked about say, you know, usually within 90 days, you can tell if somebody's the right fit or not the right fit, you know? And, mm -hmm. and, and I think one of the things that from our standpoint that, that, that was key to your growth was you weren't staying with the person that wasn't the right fit. You were having those uh, uncomfortable discussions to your point to make sure, Hey, 
it's not it's not not working out for, you know, for, for whatever reason and mm -hmm. continuing to, to, to go because what happened was you got to a certain point but you couldn't grow beyond there because you needed you needed more help from that standpoint mm -hmm. it wasn't more engineers because you know you needed other people to help from a manager standpoint yeah. so so you get to, to, to a certain point once you get to a handful of employees you start to need more help inside you know in terms of that you know the, the leadership team the management team, you know, yeah. whatever you want to call it to try to find that person and so it took you know several years to finally get the right person there and then once once you got that person it was amazing how things started to calm down right, right. And, 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 yeah. and you find a rhythm because you know and and i think that was kind of that that next kind of point for your growth was because you were getting stuck because again there's only so much you could do and you needed some help internally to be able to kind of manage all the stuff and I, you know and it was starting to have some some challenges with with it i i recall you had one engineer who was i think he was overseas right and 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 he's on a project and and somehow it got sideways you know and, yeah. and you know it was you know much like you're describing you know one you know mm -hmm. one of your early customers where all of a sudden the guy was going, yeah. kind of going off the off the reservation yeah. This guy was too. He said, "What? How that happened? Well, it turned out that the the, the guy who's supposed to be managing him wasn't right. So okay, it was, well, it's okay. Hey, this wasn't him. And Actually, he ghosted us. He just disappeared. Just yeah. Disappeared. Okay, and, right. Uh, he was uh, Scottish, so you know. Right, he could go. He could go. You what know, am I going to do? Go fly right. into Scotland and try to right. take his butt down and give him a licking? You know. Right. <laughs> yeah. no, no, I mean it's just like okay, and you know what do you tell the customer, right? So yet another <laughs> lesson learned. All right. So um, like that was one of the things that was kind of holding you back. You know, do, do you recall other things that, that that you felt like were holding you back from from, from the growth that you could see? You know, or are there certain things? Well, that I kind think of that there's, there? there's 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 a couple of ways to look at it. I mean, you know, uh, uh, how do I say this? So you guys, I'm sure remember there were other in the early days we went well, we kind of went from pretty small, you know, like a hundred thousand first year um, to more than 10 times that in I don't know, four years, uh, three years, maybe. Um, no, four years, I think it was. But what, again, lots of learnings. You know, every every time I bring up an example, there's another learning. <laughs> um, what I learned was, you know, you've got to be careful. Sure, you might win a big, you know, big gorilla project. Um, <laughs> but when that project's over, you know, you'd have the infrastructure and marketing sales to keep that going. Um, well, we didn't, so we grew really fast, um, but we didn't have the, um, a, a brand awareness. We didn't have the marketing, uh, dollars. We didn't have anything in place to really keep them and sustain that. And so as a result, then we shrunk a little bit the year after that. Um, so, um, and I think the three of us have talked about this and it's a matter of, you get, you know, you've got the three circles chasing me talk to your audience about right so you've got um uh product and services you've got administrative um and you've got sales and marketing and you, they need to be balanced you know so it's like if you've got a lot of work um and you don't have the sales and marketing ready well that may be temporary so maybe you need to hire contract work contractors versus full-time employees right um if you've got way tons of you're doing tons of great work in sales and marketing, well, if you don't have the the team, um, then you can't respond to it and you'll disappoint customers because you can't really take on the workload. Um, so all these things need to balance. And then with administrative, the more engineers and the more I'm sorry, more people you have, 
and the more projects you're taking on, you've got to have operations, right? You've got to have processes, tools to be able to um, reduce the amount of um, inefficiencies. You know, if it's just somebody, you know, um, making spreadsheets, try to keep track of all this stuff, you're never going to survive. You've got to actually maybe buy a tool, maybe an expensive tool in order to manage all these projects. Um, so it's a balancing act between, you know, sales and marketing, products and services and administration. You, you know, you don't want to get any of those out of balance or if they are out of balance, you have to think about whether that's acceptable or okay. You know, you could have more on the administrative side. Well, it's going to eat into your, your, your revenue, your, your profits, but at least, you know, it's not going to potentially destroy the company. Um, whereas if you have too much service, too much sales and marketing, and it's doing, and it's doing really well for you. You don't have the people you're in trouble and then vice versa. If you have too many people and your big a gorilla project dries up, now what do you do? Right. So it's a balancing act. All right. Well, and part of the part of the sales and marketing discussion, as I recall, and this is again, I think happens a lot too. Um, as you were describing the the early parts of the business, it was all about you. It was all about Bob Scotch mm -hmm. and who knew Bob. And right. and so you, know, you all of a sudden here you are, the lead marketing and sales guy, right? Which is something right. that you, you never th you know you, you never dreamed you'd do. But again, that's that's one of those hats that gets put on as the owner. Like people mm -hmm. want to talk to the owner all the time, and mm -hmm. and and you're often very knowledgeable about the product or services. And so again, you know, people want to talk to you. Right. And and so that's a you know that's a key thing to say. Okay, well, how do we get beyond it just being all about me as the owner? And so one of the ways to your point is that you have to make an investment in <laughs> not only the people, but also in terms of the marketing to be able to you know get the, get those things out there. And so and it's right. it's. It's one of those challenges because, again, to your point, I almost feel like sometimes you're, you're taking a step back because in order to kind of go, well, I got to make an investment here, so it's going to impact my profit. Right. And so that's one of those challenges too, and you know, maybe you can address that because, again, I, I think it's a common challenge mm -hmm. for folks in terms of, well, well, hey, when do I get taken care of? You know, when do I get yeah, paid? Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and, right. and and often you feel like you're you're just kind of getting on top of things and and, and mm -hmm. things are be great, and all of a sudden, then yeah, some new thing comes like, what's this? You know, yeah. I wasn't expecting that or how how that yeah. kind of happened, right? And so. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think um, when it comes to growth, you know, you let, so let's talk about um, you reach kind of a a, a certain plateau, right? Um, and we've done that; we've reached certain plateaus. We've been, I think, to some degree in a plateau, um, especially with the pandemic that didn't help us with growth. Um, but nonetheless, you know, you reach a plateau and you say to yourself, "All right, well, um, in my case, I, I at that point was, you know, for years taking a salary, you know." Um, and yeah, I could stay there. I could stay at that level or do I want to grow the company, right? And I think there's a lot of advantages to growing companies and we could talk about that. But nonetheless, I wanted to grow. So what do you do? Well, yet again, another tough thing you got to swallow is that, well, maybe I got to hire someone um, who will consume my salary <laughs> so that you can invest in that Take your instead of taking your money and sticking it in the bank. Uh, this is the way I look at it. I'm taking my money and putting it in, in, in into an individual who could help grow my company. Um, and so, yeah, you got it. You got to unless you want to, you know, get a massive loan and God help you take the risk there or sell part of your company. Um, you're going to have to maybe, you know, forego getting paid once in a while um, so that you can invest in other people that are very good at what they do um, and can help you grow. The thing is, when you, you know. At the end of the day, I'm an engineer, right? Um, that's my background. You guys have taught me a lot about leadership. Uh, but are there better people at operations management than me? 
Absolutely. Are there better people at marketing and sales than me? Absolutely. Eventually, you reach a point where, you know, uh, no like and trust is great and it'll create a business for you. And, you know, you can you can, like I said, take a salary. Um, but if you want to grow, you may have to invest in people who are actually better than you at operations or at marketing and sales so that they can uh, help you grow the company. And the other thing is, again, to be cognizant of the fact that, you know, sure, I can do it. I mean, I, I did it. I did it well. I mean, I. but if you want to get to that next level, um, you may need to bring in other folks that have been doing it and doing it longer and have had more success with it um, to be able to uh, get to the next level. And that requires investments. That means taking that profit that you're, you know, converting to a salary and maybe giving it up for a little while. So uh, I don't know if that answered your question, but I I think yeah. uh, it's no, important absolutely. Yeah, you just want to get people a sense. Your point that there's a lot of these hard, hard decisions, and there's also yeah. hard discussions too. You know, mm -hmm. and you mentioned at the outset how your wife was supportive of you, you know, starting the business, and you know, mm -hmm. and she didn't have an entrepreneurial background either, from what I recall. So, you know, so she's yeah. she's saying yes. It's like when you get married, right? You're saying yes, but you don't know what you're saying yes to. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 no problem, right? What could what could go yeah. wrong, right? So, um, yeah. a couple of times yeah. I reminded her of it, and she said. Did I say that? Did I say go ahead and do that? <laughs> I didn't say that. That wasn't my that wasn't idea. Me. That was your idea. Right. Yeah. And then of course know. when things went well, of course he took right it back Right. Wasn't well, I so smart? Yeah, that's so good to be. Funny how that goes. Yeah, that's funny right. how that goes. Yeah, I'm so glad I supported you on that. Right. <laughs> so, but so, it's a 24-7, you know, for a while too. Yeah. To your point. Right. Well, it's ongoing. So 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 not only are you having very difficult, uncomfortable conversations in the business, <laughs> you're also doing that at home, right? Mm -hmm. You're coming home and saying, oh, okay, here's where we're doing it. And and if again, if, if somebody hadn't been hasn't been through it, it's hard for them to understand. And so again, you know, mm -hmm. wanting to be a supportive spouse is is one thing, but it's, it's a challenge for them. And I you gotta respect that, right? And I mean, right. you know, I mean, picking on her a little bit in reality, even though those hard times did come, she was supportive. And she, you know, she was kind of like, you I mean, we're not going to take a paycheck, you know, and she's used to the paycheck, right? I mean, that was just kind of her right. background, right? And I said, uh, no, we're not going to pay, take a paycheck for a little while, but that's because I'm investing. Maybe we can take some money um, as an owner withdrawal off the back end if we need to. Um, but by the way, she's fantastic in managing money. Um, when we were first starting off, you know, I wasn't taking a paycheck either. And she was great at managing the household um expenses and we lived on you know very little but again i had paid off house i had paid off cars i didn't have a lot of expenses um and so yeah she you know we've had to do that over the years and she just manages to continue to support the cause and um you know try to uh, uh and does a good job of finding ways to keep our keep our our, our dollars in check but again you got to have support systems both on you know both professional and personal well, in order to be successful. Well, that's an important point because we, we talk a lot about it on the show. We talk about it obviously off the air all the time in terms of just that that lonely feeling. You know, it's lonely at the top. You know, Jack, you always yeah. say that, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, and so if if you everywhere you turn, you can't find people or find that support, it becomes very difficult to, yeah, to, sure. to keep going. And so, you know, so um, you're giving you know some examples of what, of what you have. But again, I'm just trying to make that point for the audience too. You have to have those support systems in place. It can't just all be about you, because if it's all about you, you're going to give up pretty quickly because it just it's too much. It's too much right. for just that one person right. to handle without having that support system in place. Right. Well, and and you know, I'm not. I mean, I don't want to sound too altruistic, but I mean, I'm doing this for for not just for me, but for my family. She's not happy. 
then what am I doing? You know, I mean, I want, I'm doing this for us as a, as a, as a family. So um, it's incredibly important to, uh, you know, make sure that they're, they're okay, you know, and, and they see the long-term benefit and that they support the cause, you know, if they, otherwise, yeah, you're right. You know, it could, could get really dicey. <laughs> So, so what are a couple other things that you, you, you've done a great job of kind of laying out some of these key points, Bob, that's, you know, it, it's been, it's just been a good discussion. Are, are there some other things that, that you want to make sure you, you cover in terms of, uh, you know, whether they be must haves, like, Hey, you know, make sure you, know, you, you, you know, I say you touched on a few things like you talked about, Hey, you know, it was great for you to have that financial stability kind of start with it, it gave right. you a, a much longer runway to be able to kind of make this thing start to work, have mm -hmm. those support systems in place, you know, but the, are there other things in terms of, you know, and you mentioned too, about hitting certain kind of plateaus. Um, yeah, people mm -hmm. often will say, "Hey, if, if you're not growing, you're dying." Right? You know, mm -hmm. you, when you're phrased like that, you know, what does that what does that mean to you yeah. now when you hear yeah. those things? Well, I I don't think. I mean, I I anecdotally know uh, through my own connections with other business owners mm -hmm. that that's not true. I mean, it's in general, it's not true. I mean, I know folks that it's it's basically. Uh, um you know they're a certain size they're perfectly happy with it um they're making good good enough money um and they don't need to grow they don't want to grow um that's fine i think that but if but there are risks for example um in my world and i think in a lot of companies worlds um success whether we like it or not um to an to an individual contributor or to a to an employee kind of seems to be well tied with growth. And also if you really, as a small business, they play a bigger role. So they feel like they're contributing to that growth, right? Um, so I think if, you know, it's not it's not that clear cut that you're gonna die um, if you don't grow. Uh, you will have challenges, I think, with turnover, for example. Um, but um, I think it's a lot more fun it's a more fun environment, you know, um, if everyone's seeing the growth, seeing that they're contributing to that, they're part of this thing. It's exciting. Right. <clears throat> and it does help with camaraderie. It helps with, um, uh, uh, the team feeling pride in the fact that they're working at an organization that's growing. Um, and it gives us new goals all the time, right. It gives you new goals, right. You may or may not hit them, but at least you've got a new goal that, that is more difficult than the, it's a challenge, right? And uh, people like challenges. So it's like, okay, we did X this year. Why don't we do X plus 20% next year? Let's let's just see if we can make that. What, what do we need for, uh, for a marketing plan to make that happen, right? And that gets everyone kind of aligned and together on the same mission. So, so there's definitely benefits um, to having a growth focused business. Um, but I wouldn't say, yeah, you're just going to die necessarily. Um, if you don't, you can also run a business and get it to a certain level and be perfectly happy with it. That's a good way to look at it. Okay, it uh, you know, you can sleep at night when you think right. like that. Right. Right. Well, there's right. lots of ways to grow too. And you know, one of the things we talk about in terms of growing and that's, especially as an owner, there's a lot of growth that goes in between the, the ears oh, yeah. in terms of you know, mm -hmm. what's going on in terms of, so as you're learning stuff, even if the company's kind of maybe you know stagnant for a little bit, again, you're growing and trying different things, and and, and the people are, are can be growing too. And sometimes, you know, it's like anything else. Like if you know if you make comparisons to people training, okay, well, you know, when you train, at some point you're gonna you're gonna level out at, at points and have to give you know maybe a little extra push. Or again, the body can only take so much, and so you know, but it's it never gets 
boring it sounds like from that standpoint you're describing it, it, it can be very right. fun and can be very very energizing if getting everybody on that same mm -hmm. page here's what's going on and i think each company's each company's a little different too as you're describing your business a little bit bob you know yours isn't where all of a sudden hey you know i kind of lay a foundation and, and then keep building from that because you've got different customers that come and go and maybe they're here for a couple of years and, and then they go and so you're you're constantly having to then replace that yeah. right so if if all of a sudden you get you get stagnant and, and and we've seen this and people you know especially in our our area here in cleveland over over the last you know several decades people had seen this where you had you know back in the 80s and 90s you had, you had companies or in the 70s too that, that they would build around let's say one of the big three automakers and all of a sudden you, you have a plant here and, and they have that one customer and for you know for 20 25 years that they're doing great and, and things are right. fine and all of a sudden that right. customer says hey we're sure. changing the rules or we're out and it's like okay all of a sudden the lights go out it's like well, yep. what happened to that well the owners were in there and they were just as jack often says clipping coupons right jack there's they're, they're kind of just, right. <laughs> kind of taking in the money that yeah. they aren't they aren't right. they aren't uh pursuing growth they, they aren't yeah. trying to see out ahead of things they aren't trying to figure out well, hey what happens if something happens to, to you know to this to this customer mm -hmm. so you know constantly kind of being aware of that and so and you, you mentioned it's it's 24 7 so you haven't you know you know talk about that a little bit too in terms of maybe how you've progressed on handling that 24 seven, either ways you've, you've, you know, come to terms with it um, mm -hmm. or maybe ways you found to help yourself. Maybe I don't say get away or turn it off, but again, have you found a way to help make yeah, it 24 seven or how, how do you yeah. deal with it? <laughs> Let me address that. I do want to though, talk about our last point because something came to mind that I don't sure. want to forget. Yeah. Um, and that is um, in a growing company, new positions open up, right? So from the vantage point back to turnover, from the vantage point of the engineer, or in my case, I keep talking about engineers, this is my world, but I mean, at, or not, you know, managers, they want to be able to continue. Obviously, everyone does, right? They want to continue to uh, move forward in their careers. If you're an engineer, then you became a, become a senior engineer, a staff engineer, principal, senior principal, you know, and so forth. Or if you're an entry-level engineering manager, you want to be a director, you want to be vice president, maybe you want to be chief uh, technology officer, right? I mean, you can't really do that if you're not growing, right? And so for, don't you can't really expect people to stick around forever because eventually they're going to want to find an opportunity to grow in their own careers. Um, so uh, so now now that I completely sidetracked that, remind me again of That's the, okay. That's, the next uh, uh, No worries. Yeah, so the, 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 the question about the whole 24-7 nature. Right, of okay, so, yeah. So how's that evolved for you over time? It's evolved a lot. I mean, I think, um, and it kind of ties in with what we started talking about, which is that for, at first you're doing everything, right? Um, and there is always something to do when, you know, you're just starting off. There's so much to be taken care of. So yeah, it was pretty much 24-7, um, which is a hard thing to manage too at the home front, especially in that case. Um, um, you know, and that's why I said, you know, my wife is first like, holy cow, what did, what did I just uh, agree to, right? Um, but over time, you know, um, you find the right people um, that can take some of that old load off. And it isn't easy and you've got to be critical or else you're going to run into trouble. You mentioned that we went through several leaders um, before we found one um, that really, uh, and is still with me now, um, that really knows his job and knew how to help, help uh, and well, more than help, really how to build the engine, right? Um, and he's done a great job, but that took a while. And when we had, once I got him on board, well, all right, that took some of the heat off and that did reduce my day. Um, and, uh, a recent note 
within the last six months, we brought in now someone to manage sales and marketing. Um, and again, back to my talk about growth, you know, sure, I could continue to do sales and marketing, but to grow, um, I need to invest in people um, that are very experienced in this kind of stuff. And so I brought in another person. And so he's doing a, a great job, as I've told you guys. Um, and so as a result, over time, my role went from 24-7 to, you know, maybe more like, you know, 10-hour days. Um, and now I'm at a point where I've got the engine running. I've got someone who is very capable of running the sales and marketing um, and keeping business coming in and knowing how to work with clients very well, um, keep things moving through the funnel. Um, so now I'm reflecting on more on what is my role more, right? And, and what is my role as a leader now of the organization where I'm not doing the minutia, the, the daily daily work. So my, you know, I think you guys know, we're kind of in this kind of flux point right now where we're trying to figure out how can I help to make the company continue to grow? Um, and how can I facilitate these gentlemen um, to be able to uh, excel in their jobs? And so my you know, it's not 24 seven anymore. Let's just put it that way. And it's not even necessarily 10 hours a day anymore um, because I'm able to have a team that's very capable and competent to be able to do most of the day-to-day -day work. It becomes more strategic than- Yeah, I was gonna say part of what, you know, the, the, the point I wanted to make is, you know, as you look at the 24 seven, so, you know, early on the 24 seven things you're worried about is, oh, gee, did, you know, do we, do we get that invoice out? Or, hey, is, you know, is this happening? You know, it's kind of in that very detailed stuff. Whereas as you start to kind of evolve, the things you start to think about, because again, every time you wake up or as you're going to sleep, I know USA firmer is on your mind. It, it's there, oh, yeah. you know, it's mm -hmm. in there, right? And so but it comes down to during that 24-7 period, what are you thinking about or worrying about? So again, it goes from being that very, very detailed minutia stuff to also, hey, it's more, as you use the word strategic, kind of bigger picture mm -hmm. stuff, but it's it's there. And and, and it's mm -hmm. and, and you're having to, again, continue to, you know, after a decade plus of doing this, you're still continuing to kind of learn and grow because the, the 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 challenges or the opportunities that you're facing yeah. are different today than they were you know a couple of years ago or yeah. five years ago or, or eight years ago yeah if anyone knows engineers engineers like things very objective um and it's going and it mo and it's moved further and further from kind of tact or objective physical things to much more subjective pie in the sky kind of things and that sure. is hard for an engineer and that's why you know it's a little bit of a challenge personally for me right now, but, um, but you know, we're working through it. But nonetheless, yeah, it's, it becomes much more of, a, and that could certainly fill your day, right? I mean, things like, okay, what really is our mission, right? Um, or what really is our vision? And do I want to figure that out in a, in a vacuum or do I want to interview my management team and by the way, the way, interview my engineers? You know, why do you love to come and work here? What do you think our culture is, right? Those kind of things. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And and uh, and then it becomes more of a up in here, like you said, you know, you, you're thinking about it all the time, at least subconsciously. Um, but uh, it's not so, oh my God, I got to get this. I mean, hell, when I first started the company, I was doing my own books, right? I mean, I was in a lot of small businesses to do that, right? I mean, I was, I got into QuickBooks. I know numbers. I'm an engineer. I could do it um i like bookkeeping like like, like multiple mm -hmm. levels levels of learning through the years Bob. absolutely you're you're absolutely. at you're at a, a probably one of the most difficult if not the most difficult 
uh, point. Once you get a company under control, you got to check. Once you once you basically understand business, you can rightfully so put a, an award on your chest that hey, you're you're an entrepreneur, you're a business guy. You mm-hmm. you took a company from scratch, zero, you created it. And now it's it's built up. It's employed people. It it has a future. It has a pattern. It and it yeah. gets boring. And, you know, success gets boring. Out of my mouth. You you know you know you might have a uh, a more intense uh, problem, but it's going to be framed the same way that a lesser problem was framed. You 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 know the capability of your guys. You know their personality. Right. 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 And so, okay, well, what do I, what am I doing now? <laughs> I got the organization built and, and that's not, yeah, that's not it, unusual. And, no, and the, well, let me tell you, the problem, <laughs> the problem is that there's not a lot of instruction on that. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, you do it, you, you kind of float through and, and just like yeah. other levels that you've gone through, you made mistakes yep. after a couple of mistakes, mm-hmm. you're, you're going on that, them. you know? Cool. Yeah, gotta have the scars on the back. Um, yeah. They really yeah, need up. When and then you know it's a, it's a stimulus situation, right? You get a, a whack on the back, um, you won't forget it the next time. It'll it'll start to hurt before you even get the whack on the back, right? So you it's, it's uh, there's there. a learning it's part of your mind that lingers and it's there. Um, that's it's right. funny because you know we talked about the size of it. Talk yeah. about this in the past, and I think maybe Jack, you said to me something of a sense of well, Bob, you're. Your goal is to reach a point where you're bored to death. (laughs) (laughs) Bored, you know, because everything's kind of running. And, and, you know, the thing is you start, you know, uh, if you don't love a challenge, you probably shouldn't start a company, right? (laughs) And I love it. That's that's, that's very wise. Right. I I love a challenge. And now (laughs) I feel like we've reached a point where, all right, I've got, I've got an organization that's running. Um, the challenge has to shift. I have to find a new challenge, right? Because it's kind of reached a point now where I've got people who are not only challenged, but they're doing the work that um, uh, precedes the challenge or proceeds the challenge, right? I've got a challenge. I'm going to execute. I got a challenge. I'm operations VP. I got a challenge. I got, I'm going to execute. I'm VP of biz dev execute for me now what's my challenge so i gotta i gotta find a new challenge and the new challenge is all right what's what what do i want usa firmware to be in the long run right i want to what how do we how do we create the right culture and the right um value systems and mission and vision in order to be able to thrive well you're you're doing those you're working on plus you've been a fair you know uh uh, you know, a very fair, 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 high moralistic guy, mm-hmm. and that's that's reflected in your organization. Yeah. So yeah. where we're at now, you know, you're you're getting bored. And that's that's fine. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, I'll find how are you going to deal? Yeah. How are you going to deal with it and, yeah. and educate yourself to that? Well, and you know, we talked about there'll this be more. Or you know, when we first when I first started, I had I don't know 14, 18 ideas. Um. Well, geez, maybe I can start thinking about all those ideas again, right? Uh, very carefully. <laughs> yeah. Be carried mm-hmm. away, but nonetheless. And don't take on 14. Take on maybe one again. Um, but <laughs> it's kind of fun, great. right? Because back then, you know, I couldn't have done that. Um, today I can, not only because I have the time, but also because I know how to do it, right? That's right. Uh, I know what to worry about. So, you know, so, 
so, so knowing what you know now, be able to apply that. It's almost like saying, "Hey, going back to being a teenager, knowing what you know now, right? You know, have, have that knowledge. Okay, so yeah, to, to go start another company, to go right. buy another company, whatever it might be. To to do that now versus you know when you yeah. started, you know, absolutely you're, every you're, day. Of the week. Yeah. yeah, think of it this way: it's like uh, so. I, you know, you guys know I've been expressing some ideas, and in the past when I had those ideas, what would I do? I would just start trying to create business, right? Like with with USA Firmware. Well, now what do I do? The first thing I do is build a castle estate because <laughs> I know that's where you're going to get into trouble, right? If you can't bring in the cash, you're going to spend a lot of money and then go broke, right? So I didn't know that back then, right? But now it's like, get out the spreadsheet, pal, you know, start building. All right, is this make any sense at all? Are they really going to pay that much, right, right for this service or this service? um you know and that so yeah it's it's just, it's just a different perspective but you've learned a lot and it's a lot of fun to be able to consider other opportunities well that's good you, you can then bridge the gap between something that might be a hobby versus something that, that, that could right. be a business and people often right. will talk about that too and it's it's one of those myths that hey you have to be very passionate about stuff to make, to make oh again again just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean it's going to be a good business or just because right. you're not passionate doesn't yeah. mean it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a good business right so mm -hmm. but to be able to kind of go through to your point and objectively look at it and say okay hey if I were to make this into a business opportunity, what does it look like? And be able to, again, to, to be able to put that together very right. quickly you know, and understand the, the, those key the, the, those key starting points. Hey, right. well, hey, well, who, who are those first customers going to be? And what does it look like? And are are they really willing to pay for it? And so exactly right. that becomes a lot of fun. And, and, and mm -hmm. it can then be fun for your next ventures, too, to be able to try those things out and be able to kind of grow. So. Right. This has been this has been good. This, this has been this has been a very, very good discussion, Bob. Excellent. So good. Um, it, is there anything else that that you wanted to make well, sure that that, you, that you covered you want or me share? To define with? firmware, please go ahead. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Firmware. Like, isn't that where we started this? Yes. Yeah, so. we, we should have you on uh, on phase two here. We'll bring you on again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we did this last time we talked. We finally talked about firmware, and we said, "Yeah, I guess maybe we should have another show to talk about firmware." But I'll give a, your audience a quick understanding of of firmware. So, uh, so. Um, What's really, really interesting um, and also in some degree problematic is that um, firmware is all around all of us and we don't, people don't realize it because no one knows what it is. And, no, you know, they, they might see it pop up on their printer once in a while and it says, you know, you need, you have a firmware update. Well, right. All right. <laughs> what the hell what is, is that? that? <laughs> right, right. All right. I'll, I'll update it. Uh, but the printer is actually a very good example. Everyone, you know, a lot of most people have printers in their homes right nowadays, right? You know, a copier. Um, well, that copier is an electromechanical system. I think most people can understand that, right? You open that puppy up, you're going to see all sorts of belts and motors, and you're going to probably find some electronic. You will find electronics in there if you really take the whole darn thing apart. And if you do that, and you're 15 call me um when you're 18 because i might want to hire you uh, but <laughs> you're that much of a tinkerer right but nonetheless you know people understand electronics at least to, to a good degree you know it's been around for a long time now people know what you say when you say electronics and people kind of and they know what you say when you say software right we're using zoom so zoom is a software application um so they understand software they understand electronics but they but they don't understand is there's this huge thing in the middle called firmware um, and the problem is if, if I'm developing electronics and electronics, there's no way to communicate directly with software. It's electronics, right? It's electronics. I mean, it's not software. It's a bunch of 
current and voltage and power, right? It's nobody, you know, how do you do that, right? And then the software, well, the software wants to, if it's a printer, I'm going to, I need, I'm the software. I need to tell this electronics what to do, right? All right, turn on that motor, turn off that motor, um, you know, start the uh, imaging where you take the image, um, turn on the rollers and the belts so they can spit out the film. I'm simplifying. Um, but also, and then the electron, the software also wants to have some information on status. Oh, how much ink do you have left? All right. Well, the hardware can't tell you that. It's going to send the software a, what, a jolt <laughs> of electricity? I mean, you know, it can't, right? So you have to have this thing in the firmware called firmware that kind of sits in the middle. And the firmware is kind of that translator between the two pieces. So the firmware has an interface for those jolts um into a, a part that's called a microcontroller think of like intel makes microprocessors it's very very similar um to that concept it's so called but it's just called a microcontroller and so all those electronic impulses come in through electronics into this microcontroller thing that's that houses firmware and then the firmware looks at those voltages and looks at that current and looks at other things and says oh um, that that information, I need to now translate that information so that the software knows what the heck it is, what's going on. Hey, how much ink do you have left? Well, the electronics is going to go, Bloop, you know, electronics, right? <laughs> well, the firmware guy needs to then take that inside of his microcontroller and like, oh, all right, because I'm an engineer. I know what that, that little blop means. And I can now go tell the software it's at 20%, you know, 20% left, right? Or it's at 0%, right? And so now that software needs to say, hey, you don't have any ink electronics. So the firmware needs to know that so it can say, can't, I can't, I can't print that out. I don't have any ink, right? So there's this thing in the middle called firmware and it's in your headphone, both ears. It's in your washing machine, in your dryer, in your refrigerator, in your microwave, in your vacuum cleaner, in, um, in, in your thermostat, in your furnace, in your water tank, um, in your dehumidifier, in your printer, in everything. It's in everything. Firmware is everywhere and no one knows what it is. And not only that, um, there is no curriculum, there's no university degree, there's no certification, nothing. Um, and as we all know, things are now getting connected to the internet, right? I mean, we're talking through the internet, right? But I mean, products are now smart, right? Um, you know, you can, you can tell Alexa to turn on your lights, very simple example. Um, you can tell your thermostat to, to change, you can go to a mobile app on your phone and say, all right, set my thermostat. And I'm out in, you know, I don't know, in Europe somewhere, right? And I and I can be, I can look on my phone and it says, oh, it's 72 degrees. The kids must have turned up the thermostat. I won't tell them to keep it at 70, right? Lock it at 70, right? You can do that from anywhere in the world now. Why? Because there's electronics that that develop wireless signals that can then go through your router box in your in your house and then go off to the internet, and I can control that. All that. And all that converting of electronics to, to something the software can understand and all that stuff where the software now needs to now tell the hardware what to do, that's all firmware. And um, and there's a problem, and that is that we don't have nearly enough firmware engineers. Um, 
because there's no curriculum, there's no um, certifications and everything's getting connected. Everything's getting connected, right? And so we got a problem, right? I mean, we just don't have enough of enough of us. There aren't enough of us around. So that's one of the things actually that I, now that I have this kind of changing role, I'm going to get more involved with is, is helping people understand what firmer is and the fact that we don't have nearly enough firmer engineers to meet the demand, which is going to slow innovation. Um, I think, uh, and we've seen this in our business, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of talk about cybersecurity now. And when people think of cybersecurity, they think of that software piece. Oh, you know, my software's not secure, right? And it's going to take my credit card information and so forth. Well, there are there are um, throughout the throughout the world new new regulations, new standards, new expectations where the firmware is also now needs to be cyber secure, and there's all sorts and even the electronics needs to be cyber secure. So that's a lot of firmware, you know. And and it's I don't know if you guys remember Y2K, but it was a similar situation. We had a, we had a problem. Um, and it was actually mostly a firmer problem, and it had to do with rolling over the date. Um, and so, including myself, every firmware on the engineer on the planet had to change their firmware to be able to accommodate this rolling over of the date with the old stuff and the new stuff. Uh, well, creating, you know, fixing a number rolling over is a lot easier than adding cybersecurity to your firmware. So, <laughs> so, um, so this is a topic of conversation in my own company as well as around the world um but uh people need to start understanding what firmware is but that that's what it is no that's a great that's a great definition as you're talking about Bob, <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know with it being the translator you know i'm visualizing you know watching my tribe do you know post-game interviews you have the you have the interpreter there right you know between the between the right. player and the interviewee because you know, right. they aren't speaking right. the same language that's your point right. so the, the, in between you're able to you know to, to translate both ways that's a great way of of, yeah. of talking about it and, and yeah. Your enthusiasm comes through whenever you talk about mm -hmm. firmware, Bob. Yeah. You know, it's like you you light up like, like a little kid. Like here it is. Yeah. And, and your point. Yeah. It's it's everywhere. You know all the things right. that people you, you mentioned. Like again, the the, the smart products, all the whole IoT, yeah. Internet well, then, of Things kind of stuff. And then yeah. all of your normal things that you've always had. You know, lawnmowers, um, your blender. Um, you know, uh, all your you know your kitchen electronics. Um, all of those things require firmware. Uh, your circuit breakers, circuit breakers now, you know the the breakers themselves, the circuit breakers that you know everyone's familiar with that owns a home. Um, there's firmware in those, um, you know, and there's going to be more firmware. I mean, basically, you know, you have something that comes in that shuts that circuit breaker off, right? Um, a big surge of power comes in and it shuts the circuit breaker off. Well, maybe, maybe I, if I knew more about that surge. I'm, and I had intelligence about it, I could say, you know what, actually, I don't need to turn off the circuit breaker completely or yet, because I've seen this happen before. And, and I know that it's not going to damage anything. So, so there's firmware now inside these even circuit breakers. So it's everywhere. I mean, it's, it's in your lights now and your LEDs, LED lights have firmware in them. Your LED ballasts have firmware in them. We've worked on all this kind of stuff. So you know your ceiling fan has firmware everything. Well, so this is this is this is a good point, a good way to kind of wrap up our yeah. our growth our growth topic here. Well, and it's coming to the minds you're talking about, which is if you're in an industry that's growing. So you you happen to be in an industry to your point that's continuing to continue to, to to grow. And mm -hmm. so the opportunity of starting a company and a business like that is is great. So part of the thing that you have to be thinking about it, you know, if you know if one of our listeners here is thinking about starting a company. 
Well, make sure that the, the, the industry that you're getting into, Absolutely. if it's a growth industry, you can grow along with it. If it's all of a sudden it's an industry that's pretty stagnant or perhaps Yeah. going the other way, you might have a little tougher time getting some growth or the ways you go Not about getting growth are going to be a little different. Whereas now, like your point, you, you've had a lot of experience growing over the last 10 years, but as you look forward to the next five or 10 years, there's a lot of other outside factors that, that are going to influence that as well. So to help help you with that growth. Um, Yeah, and so... if you know the business or you know the market, um, because it's of interest to you, and it could be a hobby, it could be your profession. And, and if you know those things, then you're more likely to know whether or not Right. um, you're going to see the growth. Whereas if you just go into something that, oh, Bitcoin, man, that sounds cool. You know, well, if you don't know anything about Bitcoin, you better be careful, obviously, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, don't just go into something because you think you're going to just make a whole hell of a lot of money and not know what the hell, the, anything about that business or have any interest really in understanding that business well. Right. Excellent. Okay. Well, Bob, thank you for joining us again. This yes has been, very been wonderful. much so very Um, good i'm glad it was a good discussion Oh, it's all, it's always fun. And I, you know, I think to your point, you know, at some point we'll, we'll have you back on. If you want, we want to delve in a little bit of firmware stuff, we, we could, we could do that as well, but uh, that'd be great mm really -hmm. appreciate you sharing with our audience today about, about some of your growth stories. So, so some of the ups and downs of it. And again, just kind of starting to kind of shine a light on this because again, it's something that we, we know it's, it's key for folks to be able to understand often if you're going through some of those growth challenges, you might feel like, you know, Hey, it's, it's not a time to give up. So hopefully you had a chance to kind of listen to, to some of Bob's story, get in, you know, get some, you know, good advice, some guidance as well. So hopefully some, some, some good inspiration for it as well. So uh, really appreciate you, you know, you being on this uh, today, Bob. Um, and for our audience, if you like what you, what you heard today, uh, we've got hundreds of other episodes. We've been doing this as Jack said for, for uh, over six years now, if you go to our website, dirty secrets, of small business.com, You can see all of our episodes there. If you click on the episodes tab, you can also search for it. You know, if there's a different topic that you're interested in, put in that search bar. It'll feedback for you all the different shows that, that we've done on that topic. If you don't find something that, that suits what you're looking for, you can email us at radio at maximumvp.com or give us a call at 330-849-0670. If you like what you heard and you, and you can go to your favorite podcast player, why don't you, uh, you can subscribe to our show. So whether you listen to us on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, iHeart, you know, whatever your favorite podcast player is, search for Dirty Secrets of Small Business. You'll you'll get our new episode. We usually drop a new episode every Thursday. It'll be dropped right to your right to your smart device for you. You can get all the old episodes there as well. So thanks again for listening. That's our show for today. And we'll talk with you all next week. Bye-bye.